lights to show you. There's a new History Channel show that's coming out, and it's like I've been seeing some advertisements for it, and it's about Project Blue Book and like the government Ooh. like covering up alien conspiracies, oh, which is very exciting. very History Channel. Like, oh, so based <laughs> on true events. <laughs> but in the New York Times, they had a like big advertisement for it where it was like a fake newspaper and in like the headline of the newspaper was like groups of people see ufos and like it it was very good good marketing i was excited nice. about it yeah did it say what it's going to be called it did but i don't remember off the top of my head it might just be called project blue book project blue book yeah yeah yep an american drama series I love how the History Channel just kind of gave up on being like on being an actual, actual History Channel <laughs> like <laughs> decades ago, but it was all downhill after uh, Ancient Aliens. Yeah, like we we all give them shit for it, but nobody's stopping them for it because it's it's just so entertaining <laughs> to watch them just do their thing over there. <laughs> well, this is the sixtieth episode. Sixty. Of Sirens yep. of Scream. Hooray! And it's Woo-woo. the first episode of 2019. Oh, yeah. Sirens of Scream is the geek podcast that proves sometimes dead is better. And I'm Sierra Hauk, and I'm here with Melissa Megan and Jackie DeVore, my fellow Sirens. Hello. Hi. Hello. Melissa's the one dying in this one. Yeah, last so. time it was me Hi. with the, like, nasty <laughs> voice. I guess it's going to be my turn next. I actually feel okay. I'm just, like, I'm on the tail end of a really bad two-day cold, so my... My voice is almost gone. But I'm trying. <laughs> but at least you're feeling better because you're going on vacation this weekend, right? Yeah. So I just have to, I really need to get better like by tomorrow because I need to be able <laughs> to work one more week and make some money before I go on vacation. <laughs> and I have nowhere to move yeah. anybody if I get sick. So. And you're going to uh, what? Harry Potter World? Uh, yeah, we're going to, we're doing Disney and then we're also going to do Universal to um, see Harry Potter Harry World. Harry Potter World is so good in florida it really is i've been really wanting to go for years mm-hmm. but i was kind of waiting until max was into it because you know yeah. it's so expensive so we finally been reading around like the second book reading that with him and so he's really into it and he's <laughs> he's said told told us today he was telling the kids at school about it and they don't <laughs> like they don't believe him they're like that's you can't really go there he's like, yeah it's real it's Hogwarts in florida, is in florida. Get on an airplane guys <laughs> He shouldn't have said airplane. He should have said he's going on a train. Mm-hmm. He's getting on the train to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad he's not talking to them about Friday the 13th because that's his new Has obsession. he stopped pretending that he's a zombie at school? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't do that anymore. But, you know, his his dad's been collecting. There's this company that makes really nice Friday the 13th figures with like bendable arms and stuff. Max wanted one. So Ryan finally caved in and got him one. And he hasn't seen any of the movies. Don't worry, everybody. I'm not a terrible parent, but <laughs> you know, he's like, we have a lot of movie posters around the house. So he asks questions a lot about various horror characters that he sees. And he's been asking his dad a lot of questions. And, and Ryan's been trying to figure out, you know, kid friendly ways to basically explain to him. And he keeps kind of talking to him about the actors who play the, the characters. And that's yeah. kind of, I think, keeps it not scary. That's very smart. So he's like, he's really into this. Jason Voorhees now he's like he's obsessed I mean he got one toy and now he's just obsessed and he's 
for the last two days, he's been watching toy review videos on YouTube. <laughs> That's hilarious. All about all about these Friday Thirteenth toys. So if you ask him about it now, he can tell you like he's a real expert. On a yeah, very he'll tell you like part. which movie, which movie Jason is, which movie Baghead Jason's in, which movie that he has different masks on, which movie he became a zombie in. He knows all this information about the movies, and he's never seen any of them. It's genuinely hilarious. He's a little nerd, you know? He just nerds out on whatever it is that he's interested in. And it's, yeah, it's funny. He's always at dinner time tonight. He's just out of nowhere. He's like, I feel really bad for Baghead Jason. <laughs> like, what do you mean you feel bad for him? Like, well, he he died. And he's right. The actor that played Baghead Jason actually died recently. He's like, I feel bad that he died. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. I don't know. It's funny. He told us he's been having dreams about Jason, but Jason's nice to him in his dream. Gives oh. him ice cream. Oh, God. You're going to get some letters <laughs> home from the school about that one. <laughs> he hasn't talked about it yet. Oh, God. Since our last episode, I have not had the chance to play the elevator game. I mean, technically, um, like... So that's why you're still here. <laughs> yeah. Technically, I had time, but I've, I've spent it being a total hermit and making weird art and watching weird horror stuff. Nice. <laughs> what have you guys done for New Year's Eve? Because that happened since we last talked. Yeah, my New Year's was pretty uneventful. We went over to our friend Adam and Kevin's house, and they had just like a low-key thing. And then as soon as we did the countdown, I was like, okay, I'm ready for bed. And then we left. <laughs> <laughs> we had one friend over and just played some video games. So we kept it low-key, too. <laughs> Just played it. Uh, we played some Mario Party and Mario Kart. Nice. Yeah. What about you? And we talked about cracking open a bottle of champagne and then we forgot to. <laughs> <laughs> we actually didn't even bother going out this year. Usually New Year's Eve, was, it's actually pretty funny. We The three of us had a conversation the other day about our friends that are particularly extra and how fun it is. And New mm. Year's Eve is a time when I usually get really extra, like big, poofy, glittery dresses, like really over-the-top gold foil kind of makeup, like leaving a trail of glitter dust in my wake kind of makeup. We just kind of didn't feel like doing a damn thing this year. So we actually... Drew and I hung out and watched Bird Box instead, which is not particularly on my list of recommendations this year. But I did want to mention how interesting it is that it has such a strong impact on the mainstream coming into 2019 here. Horror is actually starting off very, very strong hitting the mainstream right here with Bandersnatch and Bird Box. Netflix doesn't really announce their numbers. Like they've been historically very tight-lipped about their viewerships and their numbers on various shows and movies and such. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, they decided to mention that in the first seven days of Bird Box's release, it racked up over 45 million viewers. Wow, that's crazy. I know. And there, there were some questions about, well, how do you count viewers since, you know, Netflix has all these different factors to account for with accounts and, you know, people on those accounts and like stealing mm -hmm. your and friends' accounts. Like, if you just let it sit, it kind of, like, you know, will autoplay the trailer or something. Yeah, and, like, or if you just clicked on it, does that count as watching as it? As watching the movie, yeah. Right. 
So they clarified that those counts were only one per account. So if so, if more people watched that movie on that same account, it did not count as a view. And hmm. that it had to have been played at least 70% to Dang. count as a view. And that includes the credits as well. So that could potentially be a lot more than uh, 45 million viewers. But even that 45 million equates to over a third of their entire user base. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that is fucking insane. Yeah, so that's crazy. That, yeah, I actually like look looking at that was like hearing those numbers. I that actually sounds like good news for horror to me. Like it sounds like horror is really gonna come off strong in the mainstream and get a lot of attention coming forward. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and I suspect that Bird Box was so popular because of a quiet place. Like it came off of the tail end of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And so that's like when I first saw the trailer for, I haven't watched the movie yet, but I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, it's just a ripoff. Like they did, you can't talk, so now you can't see. Right, right. But then I like, as people, more people were talking about it, saw that it was an actual like book to begin with. It's like, mm -hmm. it's an original idea. That's cool. And I guess it, it sounds like it gets kind of elder gods Kind of Cthulhu-y. A little bit, yeah. Like After monsters. you watch it, I really do want to have a conversation about it because I, I, I have some issues with it. Mm, mm -hmm. You know how I get. <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm amazed at both the number of different interpretations of it that I've seen. Like big articles about, I saw one that was claiming that it was about racism mm. and white people trying to ignore and not see racism and not acknowledge it. Really? I saw another one that was saying that like it was about social media and how social media affects people and... Yeah, all these different like big articles about how people interpreted it and just the <laughs> extreme amount of memes that have come out of that mm -hmm. movie in such a short period of time. I keep seeing her her everywhere. <laughs> That's honestly what made me really watch it. <laughs> so I saw a giant <laughs> article of memes and I'm like, all right, all right, I've got to see it. <laughs> everywhere. There's even like, there's already like stylist memes that have popped up in my like in my hair industry pages. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Well, Jackie, if that's not on your recommendation list, then what, what do you have? Well, shit, let's go ahead and talk about Bandersnatch yep. then, because that is on my recommendation list. Bandersnatch is the newest, we'll say season, I guess, of Black Mirror. And it's a wildly entertaining form of storytelling. I really have to hand it to Netflix on this. They, they really did an innovative sort of way of presenting this. It's a choose-your-own-adventure story. You can't watch it on an Amazon TV, like a, we found that out, or, or a Chromecast or a smart TV, I guess. You have to watch it either on a computer or a game system, but you have to watch it somewhere where you can use your mouse, keyboard, or game. Yeah, like the controllers kind of thing, yeah. Bandersnatch follows the story of a young man who created a game in the 1980s. And the game is actually called Bandersnatch, and it's based on a Choose Your Own Adventure book. The book itself, the story is very Lewis Carroll-esque. Bandersnatch. Like Jabberwocky. Yeah. Exactly. Bandersnatch mm -hmm. itself is a term from a Lewis Carroll poems and stories. But this young man, he ends up meeting another game dev that he idolizes. He ends up working for a game company that he idolizes and working on this game. And his goal is to get five out of five stars from a well-known game 
reviewer and you basically go through his life and you make the decisions for him and you find out things about him in his past and his family dynamic and what motivates him and basically a lot of shit gets dark and there is no happy ending for this young man any which way you go but there are a lot a lot a lot of different endings and i will say that when i started this adventure my goal was to get him five out of five stars on that <laughs> reviewer and i did it actually nice. drew and i drew and i did it together and that poor young man was not happy <laughs> he was still stefan he was still not happy with five out of five stars so there's there's just no happy ending for him i i feel like there is a correct ending for him i don't really know i don't want to spoil things so i don't really want to i don't know how to how far to go into this here have you guys played this at all no i feel like and it's I'm not also, right to say watch <laughs> yeah i've been i feel like i've been behind on black mirror like since it started yeah because it's I, don't, I have a hard time getting through it and i was talking to our neighbors about this and they said that they only watch like in the order of the Rotten Tomatoes reviews, because you can just watch it out of order. Yeah, yeah. So it's I think very I might episodic, just do that. So yeah. I didn't realize that there was a game. I thought it was just like a show. Yeah this this particular season is the game. Like it's it's very strange. It's it's. I mean, when you're watching it, you're choosing which way he goes. Like there, it comes up with prompts at the bottom. You know, you're going through the storyline and like even at the very beginning, the first prompt is Stefan chooses either the sugar snack puffs to eat for breakfast or this Tony the Tiger ripoff cereal to eat for breakfast. And you use your controller to choose which one he's going to eat for breakfast. He's choosing which music to listen to on his way to meet with the game devs and you choose which one he's going to listen to. So all throughout the story here, like you're watching this series, but you're the one actually making these decisions. And it actually becomes a plot point throughout the story where Stefan realizes that he's not completely in control of his life. <laughs> That's so cool. yeah, it's it's really fucked up in that it really it's like a break the fourth fall thing. Yeah, and it, it really touches on our own choices as people in terms of, you know, what exactly we're in control of. I mean, there's a lot of depth to it and there's a lot to read into it i recommend if you do recreational drugs not to play this high <laughs> so you feel like this would wreck you <laughs> yeah that's fair i really have to hand it to netflix this, i was trying to explain this to a friend of mine when i really first started playing with it like when i just like done like 10 minutes of it and it was so difficult to <laughs> explain but mm -hmm. It's such an innovative way of telling a story in today's landscape of storytelling. But at the same time, it's also kind of like, you know, those telltale games that you see coming out in the in the video game industry, where it basically is just like a, a walkthrough novel, like a walking simulator video game mm -hmm. where you just interact with the one object and you keep going. But this is told basically through a live action series here. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm sure when I do watch it, I'm going to love it because it reminds me of like the Chris Gethard show and the interactivity that they did there Yeah, as far as like interacting with the audience and letting the audience kind of control the show. And then also it reminds me a lot of my favorite board game, Betrayal at the House of the Hill, which mm. we've been playing the legacy version of that that just came out and it's the best. It's like the coolest thing. 
Nice. It's another one where you're you're building the story as you go along and your choices and, you know, where you happen to be at the time of the haunt or something will affect the story going on. Exactly. So it's like the the physical version of this. Yeah. And one thing I would really recommend is you will get to a few threads where there is nowhere else to go and it will lead you back to uh, the decision that led you to that dead end so that mm-hmm. you can choose the other one and see where it goes. But I would recommend spending some time actually just going back to the beginning and choosing another path than you did before. And also just looking at the background nuances because there's so much going on in the background that when I first started playing it on my own, I didn't realize, of course. And then when I was playing it with my husband, I was like, oh, oh, I chose that, but I didn't choose this other thing earlier. And this took me on a very, very different path. Hmm. There's so much going on there. And it's so involved that you can get vastly, vastly, vastly different threads just making small, small decisions early on. I also saw when I first started playing it on the Twitter hashtag, people were getting really different results than I was, than I was even oh. seeing. And I was and like, you're like, how did this even happen? <laughs> yeah, and there's there's still like so much like I've, I've played through this like for a couple hours at this point, And I still like have no idea how some people have gotten some of the results that I've seen. So I, I have no idea how deep this goes or how many different options there are. But it's overall pretty fucking cool. So that's my that's so that fun. is my it main. Takes a, <laughs> it takes a very specific creative mind to be able to like, create all of those different options and details right and that that, sounds like a lot of work and what's funny is the main character stefan is exactly that kind of mine so there's a lot going on there that's my main recommendation going into 2019 right now is bandersnatch is cool as hell that also reminds me have you guys seen this house has people in it no it's uh the weird thing that adult swim did uh, and they put it on at like like in two in the morning, it was like a weird, like infomercial kind of short. And the actual video is only like 12 minutes long. But then the company that they are talking about in this video, it's like a home surveillance kind of company. You can like go on just a deep dive of like, go to their website, and then it goes to this thing and then to this thing. And there's like, there's a video on YouTube that's like an hour and a half just explaining like, all of the different like, levels of this weird 12 minute infomercial that was played at like two in the morning that like possibly nobody could have seen that's awesome but they still made it yeah it's super and it's like creepy and unnerving it's weird (laughs) i love shit like that (laughs) i know it's like oh somebody put a lot of time into this Okay, so my next recommendation is a podcast. I actually found this on Liz's recommendation. So Liz Sauer from Ghost in the Burbs, she recently put up a page on her site called Liz's Recommendations, which we happen to be on. Thank you, Liz. And this is called The Grave Talks. And it is a podcast where a man interviews people who have had real life encounters with ghosts. And yes. I know. You're going to love this one. <laughs> you are were, you were truly going to love this one. <laughs> this is uh, not only fascinating, but I was incredibly impressed by the caliber of hauntings that they actually got on here. Like, this is no getting some 
orbs on a photograph in your backyard kind of bullshit they are like Mm -hmm. actually talking to the parents from the original conjuring story debunking what happened in the fucking movie yeah oh my god yes this is some real (laughs) shit here like i i haven't even gotten to the amityville episode yet but i'm excited to get there like oh boy I, I, I just subscribed to it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that Bobby I, I luckily music world. I yes. stumbled on. Like I, I listen to podcasts when I do boring shit at work, and this is a savior for me right here because this is fantastic, awesome, spooky shit going on right here. It, it all sounds so legit too. So when you're when you're sitting there wanting to be like, no, ghosts are not <laughs> <Bullshit>. real. <laughs> This is what you want to listen to to be like, oh, shit, maybe they are. So, yeah, the grave talks and the production quality on the host end is also fantastic, which always helps. Mm -hmm. And my last recommendation for this round is a movie that I had been putting off seeing for no reason at all. Just had gotten there. The House That Jack Built. Have you guys seen this yet? No, it's also one that I've been putting off. I have not, but it sounds really familiar. Like I've looked at it before. Is it streaming somewhere? No, we ended up, uh, it's on my home server. I don't know if it's Mm. streaming anywhere yet. It might be. But when I saw the trailers coming out for this, I was actually really excited because it looked really cool. But it's about a serial killer who is being led through the underworld. And he's telling his tale to Virg or Virgil, who if you've read Dante's Inferno, you might recognize as the guide through the underworld there. So as he's going through the underworld with Verge, he is telling him about five random incidents, he calls them, with his serial killer tendencies. And he's also an engineer that dreamed of being an architect. So he dreamt of building his own house. So he's also talking about that. And Jack is an asshole. you you really want to punch him in the face and he does kind of get his comeuppance a couple times throughout the story and it's really satisfying when he does but he's also (laughs) the kind of serial killer that he is it is hilarious to watch him work the first couple of incidents that he talks about through this movie it is straight up embarrassing to watch be a serial killer and uh (laughs) like like i i i like i knew i was gonna get into this movie but i i like i was watching it at one of those times i didn't want to invest all of my attention to it but i couldn't help it like (laughs) it was just so funny him trying to get into this whole serial killer nonsense it really draws you in and at least in the beginning there are some hokey parts in it i will warn you of that but it is very entertaining and jack is (laughs) an overall kind of an amazing character even if you do want to punch him in the face several times (laughs) (laughs) you normally not want to punch serial killers in the face i mean sure but (laughs) serial killers I guess a lot of times they kind of have this aspect of charm to them. You know, like they they kind of come off as sort of charming to lure their victims in. Jack is not that guy. (laughs) He doesn't come off as, as that guy that like is going to talk you into his van. He kind of comes off as that guy that you're wondering how he got to this point and he's really just embarrassing serial killers everywhere. Like, damn it, Jack, take your job more seriously. (laughs) (laughs) 
I only have one recommendation for you guys because I've been reading the hell out of a lot of comic books for the past two weeks, month to prepare for our end of the year comic awards show coming up tomorrow night. <laughs> but I played a video game. It's not totally horror. It's not okay. It's not horror at all. <laughs> it's <the> truth. <laughs> but it's just gorgeous. And I know that you guys would love it. And so I had to share it. It's called Gris. It's G-R-I-S. It is a really it sounds familiar skill it's a very light like puzzle platforming <gasps> oh yeah combo game it's only available on switch and steam right now it's made by a little spanish indie developer called nomada studio and it's just like really beautiful kind of watercolor style game with like aspects of the the world that just like flow and change and move and you play as this woman who kind of falls from the sky it starts out as this really gorgeous woman with like really pretty blue hair and and she's like cupped in the hands of this giant statue sort of and she falls from the sky and and she as you the only thing you can really do in the game is kind of keep moving forward it's that kind of like old style like you know 2d platform where you just you really can only go one of two directions, mm -hmm. forward or backward. And as you move forward in the game, you kind of like slowly start to gain new abilities that allow you to reach different parts of the world around you. So like you can go higher, you can eventually you can swim and get down lower. The theme that runs in the background of this, the story, if, if you will, seems to be that this there's no dialogue, by the way. So it's very open to interpretation, but it it looked to me almost like the artistic expression of like trauma. This woman sort of has this traumatic experience and then her and her world is very kind of bleak and, and empty to, at the beginning. And then she sort of begins to like build on it and bring color back into the world. And that's kind of what you're achieving as you go through the game is slowly like adding more colors and more layers back to her world again. Oh. That sounds amazing. And as she does it, it's, yeah, it's very, it's weird because there's no dialogue, but I felt very emotional playing it. <laughs> there's moments where like, you know, it seems like you're making really good progress. And then there's a thing here, a being, I don't want to, there's, you know, you're not going to be attacked by anything, but there's a being in this world who seems to almost represent like depression or doubt. Like there's this thing that sort of comes for her at one point and tries to kind of destroy the things that she's made and the progress that she's made. And so it's it, it's what it looks like to me is this whole kind of expression of sort of like going through almost like stages of grief and, and trauma and like building yourself back up again and like trying to find strength and trying to find power and bringing color back in and sort of, you know, finding ways to be happy. But it's all done through this really beautiful, beautiful artwork with little creatures everywhere and just like it's just gorgeous the way that her world starts to change and move and she along the way she discovers bits and pieces of various statues which are always like female figures and the poses that they're in definitely seem to portray kind of where she's at mentally oh, and wow. emotionally in, in the different moments yeah that's neat it's really cool it's it's it's, a, it's i think it's a really powerful game because it's so layered but it does it so sparsely you know <laughs> it really like mm -hmm. somehow you understand what she's going through but doesn't put the story in words for you yeah this has been on my theme wish list for a while i didn't realize it was released but this is stunningly gorgeous the art in this it's gorgeous I took a whole bunch of screenshots when I was getting towards the end of the game a couple nights ago and I forgot to post them, but I probably will post them on Twitter later tonight because they were just like 
as I got towards the end, I knew that I was about to beat the game and this whole kind of sequence started happening and I was just like stunned by the beauty of what I was seeing. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. And it's interesting because there's moments when the artwork looks very kind of modern and clean and then there's moments when everything's very like washed and and soft and watercolory and blurry and, and they kind of go back and forth between that so if you just put in grits real quick and look at the image searches that you come up with and there's a lot of gifts for it it's just it's an absolutely stunning game and it's it's really simple i mean if you sit down and play it in one shot you can probably finish it i'd say in like two hours or less you know it's not a huge game but it's really really beautiful I just looked it up on Steam a minute ago. Yeah, the Steam page. It's like six. It, yeah, it's like 17 bucks, but the Steam page has yeah. some good images and videos there. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to tell you guys about. And you should definitely play it because I think that I would love, I'd actually really like to hear like other people's interpretations of it mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, what you feel like. That the explanation that's given for it is. Gris is a hopeful young girl lost in her own world dealing with a painful experience in life. Her journey through sorrow is manifested in her dress, which grants new abilities to better navigate her faded reality. And as her story unfolds, Gris will grow emotionally and see her world in different ways, revealing new paths and exploring her new abilities. So there's not a lot of kind of like, you know, this is what the story is about. <laughs> yeah, but. that's almost more of a description of like how the mechanics work a little bit of like yeah. you know, her dress like helps her like traverse different terrains. Yeah, and although there's moments that I'd say the mechanics are very floaty. So, you know, there were a couple of moments where I would get a little frustrated that I couldn't quite get up on something that I needed to or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's pretty quick. And I think people with very limited game abilities should be able to get through this entire game. Nice. That's a me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have for you this week. Nice. I have one that I was also kind of sleeping on and putting off for no good reason, but it's on Netflix now. It's called The Boy, and it's a creepy doll movie. Fun. Which I watched it because I think we need to do a creepy doll episode sometime this year. Yeah, we So do. it was, you know, very important research. <laughs> it's a fun one where this woman escapes an abusive relationship and goes to work as a nanny in England at this like big manor that's, you know, of course it's very secluded and away from everybody else. And so it's just her alone in this like really weird house. And she thinks she's taking care of a little boy. But when she gets there, it turns out that the old couple is kind of crazy and they treat a doll as if it was a boy because their son died when he was young. Aww. And so she is going through the motions, taking care of this doll as if it was a boy. And you start to think like, oh shit, this doll is super duper haunted with the spirit of this dead little boy. And that's why they've been keeping him around, you know? Hmm. And so, of course, at first she doesn't take it seriously. And so she just like thinks it's a super easy gig and, you know, they're paying her for just no reason while they're out on holiday. Then as she doesn't follow the rules, bad things start to happen around the house. And this is a movie that has a really fun twist ending that you don't see coming. And it's also very good timing because as I was preparing my portion of this list of movies coming out in 2019, one thing that is still TBD but has been talked about a little bit is sequel to this movie. Is it called The Girl? I think it's just called The Boy 2 so far. But ha having seen the twist ending, I have no idea how they're going to make this have a sequel. So I don't know if that's actually... It's one of those ones that's like, 
yeah, they're talking about it, but I don't know if it's really going to happen or not, which we have a list of those too at the bottom of our, our document here. Yeah. But yeah, I think maybe we'll take a little break and then we can come back and start diving in. We have a long ass list of things that are coming out this year for us to prepare for. one sounds fun. We'll start with some January ones that are already out in theaters right now. I'm not sure if this first one, The Demonologist, has a super wide release, but it seems like you can watch it on VOD right now. The synopsis is Detective Damien Seraph, Damien, of course, mm-hmm. investigates a string of murders that connects him to a group trying to bring forth the four king demons of hell. <laughs> and awesome. Damien's past connects him to those involved, and it will force him to become the demonologist. This sounds like it's going to be real bad, <laughs> and I'm going to love it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little campy. I saw one screen grab where the makeup and everything looks a little funky, but I think that would be a really fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, though, it might be in a little bit of poor taste. Escape Room Movie. Mm-hmm. Six adventurous strangers travel to a mysterious building to experience the Escape Room, a game where players compete to solve a series of puzzles to win $10,000. What starts out as seemingly innocent fun soon turns into a living nightmare as the four men and two women discover each room is an elaborate trap that's part of a sadistic game of life or death. The reason this may be in poor taste is because just a couple days ago a whole escape room with like six people in it burned down what yes really i didn't hear about that yes i'm i bet that's not the first time that escape rooms have gone bad either i think it was in winnipeg jesus was it do you know if like fire was involved in the escape room or if it was just like a coincidence? It was just a coincidence. It was faulty wiring mm-hmm. is what happened. It left five Ooh. teenage girls Oh, not happy. I can tell you that much. I don't know if they were. Oh, no, they were all dead. Fun. Yeah, they died. Oh, great. Yeah. So now it's like a true haunted escape room. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. And that's I'm sure that the. The studio that worked on this movie is super not happy about it. Right? Yeah, that yeah. was that was three days ago in Poland, it looks like, actually. Oh, okay. And this movie hit theaters on the 4th. Yeah. So, it came out this weekend, and, like, just based off of the title, you can tell exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll take Glass, which I am really excited about. Mm-hmm, me too. We already got tickets to go see it. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't either. So, M. Night Shyamalan is up to his shenanigans again. <laughs> <laughs> Shyamalanigans. <laughs> That's all I can call it, shenanigans. Glass basically brings together the characters of Unbreakable and Split. Unbreakable was in 2000, and that was Bruce Willis 
plays a character named David Dunn. And Samuel Jackson plays elite Elijah Price. And from 2016 was Split, which is James McAvoy. Mm-hmm. Played a character named Kevin Wendell Crumb, who's got multiple identities inside of him. And this movie apparently brings these characters together. And as well as Casey Cook, who was the only girl that survived the beast in Split. And I don't know what's going to happen beyond that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it looks interesting. I love the movie Split, but I didn't love Unbreakable as much. So I'm interested to see these characters together. I still haven't seen Split. It's been so long since I've seen Unbreakable. It sounds like this is going to be my Ooh. weekend plan. Yeah, those. I love Split, but I love James one. McAvoy. So. Yeah, I'll watch anything he said, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm interested. You know, I feel like M. Night Shyamalan's basically a 50-50 chance all the time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that that one comes out on the 18th so what next next weekend not this weekend the next one then on the 24th a movie called the final wish comes out and this one has the actress lynn shane in it who is in the insidious movies and she was in the ouija movie ouija origin of evil which was very fun to watch in the theaters with all of my friends making fun of it <laughs> Um, (laughs) but she's the older woman who you would recognize immediately from horror movies and this one is about a character named aaron after the death of his father he returns home to help his griff stricken mother and to confront his past going through his dad's belongings he comes across a mysterious item that is more than it seems in all of the chaos one thing is certain that when desperation strikes, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Sounds like a monkey <laughs> no kind of situation. I know, right? This one's like kind of hard to tell what it would actually be about. Relive? Or no, the final wish. Oh, the final wish. Gotcha. Yeah. But what's relive about? Relive is honestly hard to Google, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's got that bad SEO. Yeah, right? <laughs> So on January 27th, we'll see Relive, which is after a man's family dies and what appears to be a murder, he gets a phone call of one of the dead, his niece. He's not sure if she's a ghost or if he's going mad, but as it turns out, he's not. No, ghosts help serve their their murders. (laughs) Ghosts ghosts can't have phones. (laughs) (laughs) The calls are coming from inside the ghost. (laughs) Calls are coming from inside the family. (laughs) (laughs) January 28th, we have a movie called Sweetheart coming. I believe it's from Bloomhouse. Jen has washed ashore a tropical island and doesn't take her long to realize she's completely alone. She must spend her days not only surviving the elements, but must also fend off the malevolent force that comes out at night. And I can't find anything beyond that about this movie. Mm. (laughs) It's from Bloomhouse and... Yeah. Some of these movies really do need to work on their SEO. I know, right? It's only a couple weeks away. I mean, you guys need to step up the production here. It's. (laughs) Yeah. What's your media team on on January 28th? We need some real promotion going on. Mm -hmm. That's about Mm -hmm. it. There's also a movie called The Sweetheart, which is on Netflix and has like one star reviews from everybody. So don't see that one. Yeah. (laughs) Don't make that mistake. (laughs) 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 On February 1st. 
a movie called Piercing is coming out. I know Jackie will be excited about this because it's from the director of The Eyes of My Mother. Awesome. Which you recommended it kind of recently. It's awesome. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. And it also has a character named Jackie in it. <laughs> The plot is, after kissing his wife and baby goodbye for a seemingly normal business trip, Reed checks himself into a hotel room to accomplish something he's always dreamed of. The perfect murder. As his sinister plans unfold, he soon realizes he might be in over his head with a mysteriously unhinged girl named Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm all about this. I'm all for it. (laughs) Yeah, I bet it's going to be great. Piercing. (laughs) And then on February 8th, we'll see The Prodigy, a mother concerned about her young son's disturbing behavior thinks something supernatural may be affecting him. Creepy kid movies. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more to that. A woman brings her, her young son to a therapist when, he's, when the boy starts to show signs of demonic possession. I don't know if you want to bring him to a therapist. <laughs> with, with, like That seems like not the professional you want to see for a demonic mm-hmm. possession but the imagery looks cool for this <laughs> I, I would watch this yeah also on february 8th we have saint agatha coming out let's see saint agatha is set in the 1950s in small town georgia a pregnant young woman named agatha seeks refuge in a convent what first starts out as the perfect place to have a child that's debatable <laughs> <laughs> turns into a dark layer Where silence is forced, ghastly secrets are amassed and every bit of willpower Agatha has is tested as she learns the sick and twisted truth of the convent and the odd people that lurk inside its halls. Spooky. Scary religious horror. Mm -hmm. On Valentine's Day, everybody get, get your Valentine's Day plans ready and go see Happy Death Day to you which is the sequel to Happy Death Day, which is a movie that came out last year that I didn't see, but I saw the preview like every single time I went to the movies, I feel like. And it was about a girl who on her birthday gets murdered and she gets stuck in a time loop where every like every time she dies, it resets to the beginning of the day. So like Day style. Day with yeah. death. Oh, yeah, with murder girl. and then she's like you know trying to figure out who kills her and like stop him before it resets and apparently they they found a way to make a sequel out of that i I think she gets re-trapped in the time loop there was a supernatural episode about that anyway (laughs) this next one sounds fun Sounds like a hell of a party. A March 1st climax. When young dancers unknowingly drink LSD lace sangria, their jubilant off-the-grid rehearsal descends into a shocking nightmare as one by one they fall prey to the savage consequences of a collective psychedelic breakdown. If your parties are not this lit, do not invite me. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) If there's not a psychedelic breakdown at the end of the night, I'm just not even going to (laughs) go. Right? (laughs) No. The last two movies that we went to, I was surprised to see at least two previews that appeared to be like some sort of religious organization funded them. Like how the the army does previews? Yeah. 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 They were both like, obviously movies that were based around like finding your faith and like connect with God and then you'll overcome all of your problems in life. Like, full movie previews that were, you know, church material, (laughs) essentially. Heaven is for real. 
<laughs> yeah, and something about this movie just makes me think of that. Like it sounds like one of like a like a scare kids away from drugs. Mm-hmm. Movie a cautionary tale <laughs> that they show you, you know? like Reefer Madness. This is what pretty happens. much. Yeah, sangria will make you try to kill your friends and <laughs> have a collective psychedelic breakdown. <laughs> March first, very creepy sounding movie called The Hole in the Ground. Trying to escape her broken past, Sarah O'Neill is building a new life on the fringes of a backwoods rural town with her young son, Chris. A terrifying encounter with a mysterious neighbor shatters her fragile security, throwing Sarah into a spiraling nightmare of paranoia and mistrust as she tries to uncover if the disturbing changes in her little boy are connected to an ominous sinkhole buried deep in the forest that borders their home. Ooh. I'm going to say yes. It's definitely the sinkhole. <laughs> <laughs> when you have a giant weird sinkhole in a forest behind your home and your kid starts doing weird things. And like weird neighbors a, are hanging around. <laughs> yeah. That's a hard yes. It's yeah. a sinkhole. <laughs> it's a get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hole to hell. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon demons will crawl out of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And into your boy. <laughs> Coming for him first. <laughs> yeah. That one sounds super creepy though. Yeah, that sounds fun. On March 14th, <laughs> the new Jordan Peele movie comes out oh, called shit. Us. And I'm so fucking excited. There hasn't been a whole lot explained about this one yet. There was a little short teaser. And the premise is that husband and wife Gabe and Adeline Wilson take their children to a beach house, hoping to spend time with friends. Their serenity soon turns to tension and chaos when a group of strangers arrive. There actually has been a trailer released. Have you guys seen the new trailer? Yes. That came out on Christmas. It, it kind of explained who the us were already. Yeah. Oh, maybe, I, I, maybe, maybe I didn't. Because <laughs> I, I wonder if that well, kind of spoils it a little bit. With the families on the beach and stuff? Yeah. Hmm. Either way, I'm sure there's going to be more twists and turns in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are. Either way, I'm excited. I'm excited, too. On Jordan Peele's Instagram, he's been reposting a bunch of fan art for just based off of the the trailer and the little bit that's come out. And it's already so beautiful. There's already some really cool stuff. Hang on, I'm looking for a description of The Turn of the Screw. Or Turn of the Screw is like one of those classic kind of ghost stories that I tried to read and it was very hard to get through. So I didn't finish it. But it's a short story about a woman who goes to work and like take care of two kids. And it turns out that the kids are seeing ghosts and like talking to ghosts. And for some reason, when you start it, the narrator is like telling you this at Christmas. Okay. And I don't know how that fits into anything at all since it's coming out in the middle of march i'm guessing that won't play a very huge role in the plot i imagine it's gonna be very like old victorian kind of what was that guillermo del toro movie with the the ghosts crimson peak crimson peak i was thinking like what's the red ghost movie It seems like there's a lot to sum up in The Turn of the Screw. It seems like it was very highly regarded by academics, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I've seen it referenced a bunch of times as like, this is the classic ghost story. (laughs) But it never really appealed that greatly to me. But the point is that on March 14th, Turning is coming out, which is an adaptation of Turning the Screw. So, mm-hmm. And it has Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Awesome. 
in it. So I'll be excited to watch it as a movie and then maybe that'll like spark some some great interest and I'll actually try to read the book. Oh, apparently the 1961 <laughs> film The Innocence was actually based off of Turn of the Screw, which would make sense that you equate Crimson Peak with that because that was mm. also loosely based off of The Innocence. Interesting. Hey, I want to talk about Captive State. Let's hear mm-hmm. it. If I can get it out. <laughs> March 29th is a movie called Captive State coming, which I'm super excited about. There's a few people in this movie that I think we're all fans of here on the show. John Goodman is going to be playing the bad guy again. Some. And we all loved him in Cloverfield. 10 Cloverfield Lane. There you go. 10 Cloverfield Lane. And Vera Farmiga is also a favorite. Mm-hmm. And somebody named Machine Gun Kelly, who I just had to look up. Like, That's somebody's <laughs> who name. Machine Gun. <laughs> He's the very first person listed on the cast, too. Wow. Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. So, Captive State is set in a Chicago neighborhood nearly a decade after an occupation by an extraterrestrial force. The Captive State explores the lives on both sides of the conflict, the collaborators and the dissidents. This is directed by... The guy who did Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which was actually pretty great. Mm -hmm. I think it looks really, really cool. Yeah. Aliens. And, you know, I think it's a really interesting way to talk about aliens. Is this kind of like, you know, what would happen if some humans decide to cooperate and some don't? Right. Yeah. And kind of how does that separate people and sort of what happens in the aftermath? There's not a lot of movies that kind of like jump into like long after. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of District 9. Yeah, I don't know. It looks really cool. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. I'm excited for it. Also coming out on the 29th is a movie called Wounds. Disturbing and mysterious things begin to happen to a bartender in New Orleans after he picks up a phone left behind at his bar, which I don't know if that means that it's like ghosty or if it's like whoever owns that phone is... Sounds like maybe witchy. Like gonna murder him? Yeah, I don't know. New Orleans, so it might be like voodoo-y. Who yeah. knows? Hmm, fun. Wounds. Yep. But let's jump into April here because this is exciting. April has a lot of big things coming. On April 5th, we get Pet Cemetery. Yes. Woohoo! Which I didn't realize this is going to be directed by the director of Starry Eyes. That's exciting mm-hmm. as hell. Nice. Pet Cemetery, of course, is the adaptation of the Stephen King book, which is, you know, a classic and which lives in the hearts of all of us little horror lovers around the globe. There's a lot of, of course, talk about whether this should have been remade at all, but I think we should all, you know, give it a chance. Looks like Stephen King is very deeply involved in this. And personally, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. Guys, April 12th is Hellboy. Oh, yeah. New Hellboy. I'm so stoked for New Hellboy. You know, I love Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to follow up, I think. Yeah. But it's actually Mike Mignola, who's the person who writes Hellboy and created Hellboy, is listed as one of the writers on this film as well. Oh, nice. So that bodes well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And David Harbour is going to be playing Hellboy this time. From Stranger Things, mm-hmm. everybody's favorite local sheriff. Yep. And Mila Jovovich is in this, which I think will be really fun because I always liked her in Resident Evil. I always kind of wish that like she had a better, <laughs> better movies to, mm-hmm. to do her kick ass thing in. <laughs> so yeah, I think Hellboy looks like a lot of fun. If you live on a rock and you don't know what Hellboy is, it, he's basically <laughs> a creature who's caught between the worlds of supernatural and human. He's, he's a, 
He's a, a he's a little demon. He's a little hellboy <laughs> <laughs> that is brought to Earth by Nazis, according to Mignola's original story. And he sort of ends up becoming like this warrior to protect the people of Earth against supernatural baddies. And I think, you know, I wasn't really sure what to think of it. I thought he looked like a really great hellboy. And then I watched the trailer and it's got a very different vibe than the original Hellboys, but I think it's going to work. Yeah. I think as, as long as they get the comedy of Hellboy right. Right. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know. The he's, sarcastic kind of. Right. Right. He's not he's not a straight up like badass. He's kind of a he's kind of a doofus a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. So like as long as they get like the comedy of it right and they do some decent work with the special effects and the costuming and stuff, then I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't seen the trailer yet. I was initially very disappointed by the lack of ron perlman you know i'm a ron perlman just <laughs> ron girl. pretty great yeah <laughs> i mean i know ron perlman was kind of born to be hellboy it's true right but, but it, you know i mean i'm obviously willing to give it a, sh- a shot with david harbour it's like yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> david harbour has gotten very big for this role <laughs> yeah He's he definitely fills out the the hellboy costume well but he does give it a slightly different you know it's a slightly different look because he doesn't kind of have that giant Ron Perlman face. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It, you know, it almost kind of feels like a like a little bit of like a younger Hellboy to me. Yeah, it's kind of like I, I kind of equate it to the tick, like the the old live action tick with Patrick Warburton. Like it's kind of hard to see mm-hmm. anybody but Patrick Warburton play the tick. And then when they rebooted yeah. it, I was kind of like really up in arms when Patrick Warburton was announced to not be the tick, but then they announced Peter <laughs> Serafinowicz was going to be, and it's like, oh, okay, I'll sit back down. It's I'll- a different flavor of yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll put my that anger away. Works. I can roll with this. <laughs> I think when they decide to bring back loved franchises like this, or loved movies, I think the the key is to just do something new with it, right? Yeah. Right. Like, it doesn't have to be completely different, but like write a different story like don't don't just rehash the same thing that we've already seen write a different story give the characters a slightly different twist modernize it somehow mm-hmm. that way it's fresh and you can let people kind of like do their own version of it like they did with it you know right mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Pet Cemetery does that. Yeah, exactly. If at yeah. All. Later on in April on the 19th is a movie called The Curse of La Llorona. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is in the Conjuring movies universe. It's produced by James Wan, but I'm not really sure how it actually ties into the other Conjuring movies. The plot is that in 1970s Los Angeles, the legendary ghost La Llorona is stalking the night and the children. Ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother, a social worker and her own kids are drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. Their only hope of surviving La Llorona's deadly wrath is a disillusioned priest who practices mysticism to keep evil at bay. I'm excited about this. La Llorona is one of those ghost stories that was kind of always around, you know, as kids and stuff. And it's 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 just excited to see there's actually going to be a film made about this mm-hmm. and you know like a one Man. with an actual budget <laughs> yeah totally and it's like the the legend i feel like guillermo del toro all of his movies kind of have a little bit of like a totally. little dash of yorona a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're jumping into may here and actually just jumping right to the end of may pretty much may 24th Brightburn, 
which is a sci-fi movie, creepy alien kid kind of movie, and it is James Gunn produced. Couples' prayers are seemingly being answered when an object crash lands on Earth carrying a life form that looks like a baby boy. As the years pass and the alien grows older, it starts to use its mysterious powers in sinister and destructive ways. So they think they're getting a Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> not a Superman. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> no. It's hilarious. <laughs> May 31st is Godzilla, King of the Monsters. I am excited for this. I am. I, I think I've said this for every movie that I've gotten, but somehow I'm lucking out <laughs> on this list and I'm getting all the movies that I'm really excited for. So, and this has a lot of great actors in it too that are kind of favorites from some of our other films. Millie Bobby Brown, also from Stranger Things, and Vera Farmiga again. Apparently she's busy. She's like, making- yeah, totally. Yeah. Sally Hawkins, who was in Shape of Water, and Zhang Ziyi. And Ken Watanabe, there's a lot of great people in this film. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Sorry, guys. Members of the cryptozoological agency Monarch face off against a battery of god-sized monsters, including the mighty Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. When these ancient superspecies thought to be mere myths rise again, they all vie for supremacy, leaving humanity's very existence hanging in the balance. So this is basically just going to be a big like. It's like the all-star cast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> everybody's there. <laughs> it is. All the monsters are coming back, and the humans are just kind of in the way, and they'll probably get squished, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> squished and burned and <laughs> blown around. Yeah, I think this is just going to be a fun like eye candy monster movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic. Godzilla's been done a lot, but he's rarely been done well. So I'm looking forward to it. After that, we're moving into June, which is apparently the month of the reboots. On June 21st, we're getting our Child's Play reboot, Chucky. Very exciting is that Aubrey Plaza is playing the mother. Really? In this movie, who gives her son Andy a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its sinister nature. Is she old enough to be playing mothers now? Like I, I know, right? I feel like she just went from being the disinterested <laughs> teenager straight to motherhood. Like, Yeah, I guess so. All right. And this one is the eighth Child's Play movie, but it's going to be a reboot of the first one. So it's kind of starting everything all over again. That's fun. Yeah, that should be fun. Child's Play. Um, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And also on June 21st is another reboot, which is The Grudge. This will be Sam Raimi produced, and it's a reboot of the 2004 movie, which I still can't remember if I've seen or not. (laughs) 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 Like, I'm pretty damn sure I've seen it, but it's it's still one of those, like, I don't know. There's always this, like, list of movies that I'm like, I think I've seen it. Have I? Yeah, it's I also <laughs> one of those movies that it's been like parodied so many times that you know exactly what happens. Exactly. In the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I told Sierra earlier when she mentioned this that I haven't even recovered from the first one. Honestly, the first one damaged me. <laughs> Well, for anybody that doesn't know, here's the cap of it. Matthew Williams, his wife, Jennifer, and mother, Emma, are Americans making a new new life in Tokyo. Together, they move into a house that has been the site of supernatural occurrences in the past. It isn't long before their new home begins terrorizing the Williams family as well. The house, as it turns out, is the site of a curse that lingers in a specific place and claims the lives of anyone that comes near. The curse is coming from within the house. (laughs) <laughs> All right, June 28th, we have a scary shark movie. 
47 meters down, uncaged. Tells the story of four teens diving in a ruined underwater city. So you already know that they're all going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the first line of that. <laughs> they <laughs> well, they're teens, so. <laughs> right. They're teens and they're going in the water. It's bad news. They quickly find themselves in a watery hell as their adventure turns to horror when they learn they are not alone in the submerged caves. As they swim deeper into the claustrophobic labyrinth of caves, they enter the territory of the deadliest shark species in the ocean. Dun, dun, dun. When you guys watch these movies where, like, people are underwater, do you have to hold your breath when you watch it? No. Oh, man, I have to hold my breath when they're underwater. <laughs> I can't. I Sounds don't think dangerous. I'm going to be able to watch this one. Do you have a bit Sometimes of claustrophobia And I breathe here? before they're done. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't, but I'm really, really jumpy with shark, shark movies. Mm. So I'm like, I'll, I'll be like jumping out of my seat and like, I'm very tense through the whole thing. <laughs> it'll, it'll be fun. Did you guys see the Meg? No, yes. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm surprised that everything I've heard about it is that it's good. It's, I mean, it's a Jason Statham movie, so it's, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of like, know what you're getting with that. <laughs> it's enter- Yeah, it's, it's entertaining, but it's not going to, like, blow your mind or anything. Okay. But if the shark is cool, and yeah. it's definitely scary. <laughs> I have a coworker who is like, she watched it, and then she came to work the next day, and she's like, guys, you got to go see The Meg. <laughs> <laughs> movie of the year. <laughs> it's basically like a... Like a Russian nesting doll of sharks. Oh, what? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Pretty funny. (laughs) So it's entertaining, but it's pretty silly. (laughs) It's funny. In July, we're supposed to be getting third Annabelle movie. Who asked for that? Nobody asked for that. I know. It's it's yet to be titled. I didn't even even see the second one. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the second one was the origin story. But this one sounds really interesting because it's about after she's been put in the box in the Warrens Museum. Huh. So it'll have Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga as the Warrens. And I'm assuming it's going to be about their little daughter and the doll kind of like, you know, bringing her in and, and maybe possessing her or something like that. But Okay, that might be... A little more interesting there. At first, I'm I was very salty. It's like, oh, we do not need a third Annabelle movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> we do we not need another go? nun movie. <laughs> yeah. It when all of the stories kind of start to converge, it could be really interesting. All right, I might give it a shot. Mm-hmm. But on August second, <laughs> which I was a little, I was a little curious to see why this was on this list, but I guess it is a horror movie. It's supposed to be pretty dark. All right. August 2nd is New Mutants, which is in the X-Men series. It'll be the 13th installment in the X-Men series, but is the first in a trilogy of mutant horror films. It is the story of Magic, Wolf, Spain, and other teenage mutants try to come to grips with their superpowers while staying at a secret facility. And this actually has a lot of familiar faces here. Anya Taylor-Joy, Macy Williams, from Game of Thrones, Charlie Keaton from Stranger Things. This actually looks pretty interesting. Apparently there's a trailer. I haven't seen it yet, but some of the visuals here look pretty fucking rad. Yeah, this sounds pretty cool. I think I'm into this. I thought the trailer looked really interesting. I'm not a superhero person myself, but I love mutants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mutant stories. (laughs) I just actually just started watching Legion recently. Legion is so good. I was about to bring it up. Yeah, I I just, just started watching it because it's come up 
spoiler alert, it's come up in our year-end award show. Mm-hmm. So I had to catch up on a bunch of <laughs> comic book TV shows that I wasn't. And it was, it's really cool. It's it's very it's very lynchy and <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know what the hell's going on yet, but mm-hmm. Fun. very cool. And so I, I think implementing like some horror and sci-fi intensity into mutant stories just makes it way more interesting and fun. Yeah, yeah that's- I think between that show and then with Logan being like so gritty, mm-hmm. I think everybody's on board for X-Men just becoming this like really dark horrific kind of actual series. Yeah, I was definitely losing interest in the whole X-Men series, but Logan Logan kind of brought me back. I wasn't emotionally prepared for that. Mm-hmm. But this, yeah, this sounds interesting. I'm I'm into throwing some horror into that series. That mm-hmm. You guys should check out Legion. I think you would dig it. I mean, there is eventually like dance fighting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why, because we mm-hmm. kind of we were, we kind of went at it with this plan of like, okay, we're going to watch. We, we basically looked up like the top rated episodes of these shows so we could just kind of get an idea of the show. And then we figured if we really like it, we'll start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Nice. So Smart. we somehow ended up jumping into like the second episode we watched involved dance fighting with like mutants. And I was like, what the hell <laughs> is going on? <laughs> but it's beautifully produced. And I think that it's so stylistic. I love the style of that show. So I'm going to go back and watch it from the start. August 9th is Guillermo del Toro is going to be producing, is producing scary stories to tell in the dark. Movie. And it doesn't say much about it other than a group of kids face their fears in order to save their town. That's the description. So, yeah, I don't see a lot of information about this beyond a cast. And I think the director is the person who did Troll Hunter. Oh, nice. Which is a pretty... That's fun. Deep cut, I feel like. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I don't know. Guillermo del Toro is producing it, and I have everlasting Mm -hmm. trust in him. Just as long as there's, like, a little bit of that that original Stephen Gamble art. Of the, like, uh-huh. really nasty, kind of, like, black and white, super creepy, scarred, all all of the children who read it yes. vibe. I'm going to be super happy. I don't remember the stories well at all, so this will be pretty fresh for me. But I know for you, it's got some nostalgic value. Do you remember the story of the girl with the choker that she wouldn't take off? Because that's the important yeah. I don't. The ribbon. I don't know if... Was that one originally in... Scary stories? It was. I don't remember which volume it was, though, because there was, like, three volumes of it. I remember a story, like, an illustrated book of that, but it was in color, and it was, like, a different Huh. I don't think thing. I ever She had that. a green ribbon. I'm going to find it. All right. And do I'm it. Send it to you. Do it and report back. And then also on the 9th, a movie called Midsummer is coming out, and it's about a couple in Sweden, and they are on, like, a fun summer vacation trip. And they accidentally run into some pagan cults and Fun. things go awry from there. And what's really exciting is that it's from the director who did Hereditary. I'm excited to see what he does after that. Yeah, Hereditary was his first actual big project. So mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting to see where he goes from there, for sure. And then a little later in August, we have Polaroid, which has some kind of mixed release dates here. Apparently, it already has a 9.1 rating on IMDb, which is kind of crazy. High school loner Bird Fitcher finds a vintage Polaroid camera that holds dark and mysterious secrets. She soon realizes that those who get their picture taken by it meet a tragic and untimely death. The poster art for this looks awesome. 
Yeah, this one seems like it could be really cool or it could be really goofy. And with a 9.1 rating, I probably would lean toward the really cool one. Either way, mm-hmm. this, this sounds cool. I'm into it. Yeah. I actually didn't know everybody that was in this movie, so I'm more excited now. September 6th is It Chapter 2. I just realized that James McAvoy is in this and Jessica Chastain and Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm excited people. about Bill Hader as Richie. It's going to be good. There's so many people in this movie that I love, and I didn't know that they were even in this movie, so I'm more excited. Yeah. So, yeah, chapter two, it sounds like the premise is 27 years later, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. So it sounds like this one is more based off of the original It film Mm -hmm. and the events that happen in that film. So that'll be interesting because we, you know, this time around, we actually have the adults showing up. I don't even think it matters, like... If I had seen this cast and, like, I didn't know anything about what they were going to do in this movie, I don't care. Like, I'm already, I'm already sold on it. <laughs> I love James McAvoy. I love Jessica Chastain. I love Bill Hader. And, of course, I also love Bill Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Just to circle on back, that Green Ribbon story is from In a Dark, Dark Room and Other Scary Stories. What? Which is retold by Alvin Schwartz, who did the scary stories I tell in the dark books. Okay. So we're both right. (laughs) But I G-chatted you guys the photos. But then we're getting into October, the scariest month. (laughs) I didn't even know that this was coming out, and I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Zombieland 2 is coming out on the 11th. They they finally got around to making a sequel to Zombieland. Exciting. Mm -hmm. And this is Zombie Slayer's... Tallahassee, Columbus, Wichita, and Little Rock square off against the newly evolved undead. So it sounds like the zombies are getting smarter. That's never good. That's not what you want. That's the last Mm -hmm. thing you want in a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. I love zombie land so fucking much. (laughs) And it's 10 years after the first one. The the first one came out in 2009. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see what the world looks like 10 years later, you know? Yeah, Yeah, totally. Because it was just happening in the first one. Yeah. And then that same day, actually, on October 11th, is the Are You Afraid of the Dark movie. Guys, this is going to be such a good year. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Which is interesting. Is this a movie or is it... I I thought there was a TV show as well. Well, it was originally a TV and then I think they're making a movie of it this year. No, I mean, like, I thought they were rebooting. Are they also doing the show? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. There's very limited information on this. Plot unknown. So, this is exciting, but there, <laughs> it looks like it does have an October 11th date, but yeah, very... <laughs> Which, I mean, don't quote me on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what some other websites say. <laughs> right? <laughs> but yeah, there, there's very limited info, but we are excited to see that there. And October 18th is another one that I was not aware of until my lovely co-host <laughs> clued me in. <laughs> but now I'm really excited. Adam's Family Animated will be coming out. I can't find anything that says where it's being released. Like what channel or anything it's going to be on. Yeah, so but, once we, when I was starting to like put this list together, it seemed like by September, October, everything was like still kind of TBD. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like these kind of details could change. But yeah, this one, this movie, it's an animated movie and it has... Oh, it's a movie. It's not a, it's not a series. No, it's a movie. Huh. 
And it has Cherise Theron as Morticia, Oscar Isaac as Gomez, Finn Wolfhard, Nick Kroll, Chloe, Chloe Grace. Yep. It's playing Wednesday Adams. There's a lot of a lot of people. Bette Midler as the voice actors. The animation is just like stop motion kind of Tim Burton-esque. Yeah, I'm trying to find more information on who's doing it. It looks very much like I can't remember the name of the animators of the, the house, but the people that did Fox Trolls. And Coraline. I know what you're talking about. I think they yeah. have their studios in Portland. Can't think of the name of them right now. It's Cinecite well, it and MGM, Nitrogen Studios. So it must not be. Well, yeah, Lycan, yeah. No, it's uh, Cinecite it like- and uh, Nitrogen. Hmm. Well, it looks fun. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's a great cast. Yeah, because it's animated, it seems like they've been already working on it. So it seems like, you know, this one's pretty solid going to come out. Mm-hmm. eventually but then we get into this big long list of things that are like sometime in 2019 maybe or it'll get pushed to like 2021 or something <laughs> i'll just run through these mentioned earlier the sequel to the boy may or may not come out in 2019 also third movie in the series with house of a thousand corpses and devil's rejects a movie called three from hell We might be getting a Jacob's Ladder remake. We might be getting a sequel to The Nun, a sequel to Train to Busan called Bando. Yes. Which would be really cool. A sequel to Don't Breathe, a movie based on the Spawn comics. A sequel to Alien Covenant called Alien Awakening. And a Bloomhouse-produced adaptation of Firestarter, which are all cool things, but then they're also the kinds of things that it's like, yeah, we're making a sequel to this. Sometime. It is the year of sequels, I'm telling you. (laughs) For real. Yeah. And then getting, we can all run through these ones fast too, because it's like, maybe, maybe not. A movie called Depraved may or may not be coming out about a disillusioned field surgeon who's suffering from PTSD, makes a man out of body parts and brings him to life like a Frankenstein. Fun. A movie called, yeah, right? A movie called body at brighton rock about a park ranger who spends the night guarding a potential crime scene on a remote mountain trail which sounds super cool because i love those kind of movies that are just like one person yeah the silence a family struggling to survive in a world terrorized by a deadly primeval species who have bred for decades in the pitch darkness of a vast underground cave system hunting only with their acute hearing as a family seeks refuge in a remote haven where they can wait out the invasion, they start to wonder what kind of world will remain when they've emerged. That kind of reminds sounds me of a that. a whole lot like... Go ahead. I was thinking about that X-Files episode, Home. Oh, I was thinking like The Quiet Place and also The... The Descent. The, the Descent, yeah. A movie called Antlers about a small town Oregon teacher and her brother, the local sheriff, become entwined with a young student harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. Anything based in small-town Oregon has my interest. (laughs) A movie called In the Tall Grass, which I'm excited uh, about, um, based on a novella by Stephen King and Joe Hill, about brother and sister who are driving through Kansas during a road trip. When suddenly they hear calls for help coming, they stop to investigate and get lost in a field of tall grass. Spooky. Makes me think of signs. Oh, yeah. A Netflix movie coming out called Eli, about a boy receiving treatment for his autoimmune disorder, discovers that the house he's living in isn't as safe as he thought. Oh. I know. A movie called Ma, which is a lonely woman friends a group of teenagers and decides to let them have a party at her house. And just when the kids think their luck couldn't get any better, 
things start happening that make them question the intentions of their host. No, no, teenagers. Yeah, don't, don't I know, befriend right? adults. Adults <laughs> don't befriend teenagers. <laughs> no. <laughs> if but it kind of just sounds like a cougar, doesn't it? Yeah, just a don't. little bit. Just, <laughs> no. <laughs> this next one is super. I couldn't find a lot about it, but it sounds really interesting. It's from the director of The Witch. Sold. I know, right? It's called <laughs> The Lighthouse. William Defoe and Robert Patterson are tied to it right now. Same. It's set in 1890s Nova Scotia, and it's about an aging lightkeeper named Old, and it's a fantasy horror set in the world of old seafaring myths. <gasps> Sirens. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, it's going to be shot on 35 millimeter in black and white. Interesting. So it's going to be oh, so stylized. Wow. So spooky. <laughs> This other one called Crawl doesn't have an exact release date, but it's about a young woman who is in the middle of a Category 5 hurricane, and she's trying to save her father, but she gets trapped in a flooded house, and she has to fight for her life against alligators, <laughs> oh my God. which I put this one on the list because that's my fear. <laughs> yeah, I feel like <laughs> that's going to trigger. against alligators, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, feel like that, I feel like that might trigger a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch that one. And then one more, a remake of David Cronenberg's Rabid, which is about a young woman, Rose, who suffers a disfiguring accident. She undergoes an experimental stem cell treatment, which leads to unintended consequences. See, this is what we don't need in this world. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Scary movies. This is being done by the Saska sisters, by the way. Oh, interesting. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. The body horror is going to be so good. But tell them not to scare people about stem cell research. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's better than scary movies about GMOs. I guess. Mm -hmm. Enough of those. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, the Saska sisters are doing this one, and they were on Talking Comics like a month ago, I think, talking about it. And they were super, super excited. And, you know, they're big body horror fans, so... Mm-hmm. And Cronenberg, somebody job. they name as kind of an icon for them. So, yeah, like they're going to pull out all the stops for this one. That sounds cool. Nice. And then I saw a little bit about a Conjuring 3 movie coming out in 2019, but I think it's probably going to be more like 2020. Yeah. I still love The Conjuring. Maybe not all the spinoffs, but... Yeah, I'm still invested in the main story there. Mm-hmm. And then, Jackie, you had a list of movies that it looked like they came out maybe in festivals last year in 2018, but then they might be getting wider releases this year in 2019. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. I'll run through these here. The Witch in the Window, when Simon brings his 12-year-old son to rural Vermont to help flip an old farmhouse, they soon learn that the house is already occupied by the malicious spirit of the previous owner. Fun. Classic. Yep. yep. <laughs> Slice, in a spooky small town, when a slew of pizza delivery boys are slain on the job, two daring survivors set out to catch the culprits behind the cryptic crime spree. That one looked like it was a kind of horror comedy movie. Yeah. It seemed cool. Yeah. (laughs) I think I actually saw a trailer for this and it it looked really fun. (laughs) I I really want to watch that one. Patient Zero, a super virus, has turned humankind into highly intelligent streamlined killers and an asymptomatic victim, Matt Smith who can communicate with the infected, must lead the last survivors on a hunt for patient zero and a cure. Can he do non-goofy? Like, is that... I know. I'm trying to think of what it would be like. <laughs> like you said in his range. 
<laughs> That'll be interesting. The possession mm-hmm. of Hannah Grace, a shocking exorcism spirals out of control, claiming the life of a young woman. Months later, morgue worker Megan Reed takes delivery of a disfigured cadaver during the graveyard shift. Locked inside the basement corridors, Megan's horrifying vision soon lead her to believe that the body is possessed by a demonic force. There's a note here Which saying I Melissa's mean. favorite. <laughs> Melissa, Melissa, what? Do you have words for this? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm super, I'm just super scared by morgues and funeral homes and things like that. I don't want to be locked in a dark building with dead things, especially and possessed it's even worse dead if things. They're possessed, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, possessed, disfigured dead me, things. The autopsy of Jane Doe is out on Netflix this month, guys. Ooh. Oh hell yeah! If you haven't seen that, jump on it. Welcome you to keep going, Jackie. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to Mercy. When a single mother begins to experience symptoms of the stigmata, she seeks the help of a local priest and nun to help her understand what is seen and unseen. You guys remember that like really terrible movie in the '90s, Stigmata? No, no I don't think so. Just me. All right, it was, I can imagine it was bad, but I loved it. <laughs> I still see you. Set 10 years after an apocalyptic event that killed millions and left the world inhabited by ghosts. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that one. Heretics. During the 17th century, a young woman, Persephone, is saved from execution and led to a priory to repent her sins, but discovers a greater evil lies within. Interesting. I'll take your dead. A man who disposes of bodies for gangsters in a nearby city faces a difficult decision when one of the corpses, in quotes, turns out to be alive. Right, row. Oh, that's a bad mistake to make. And finally, malicious. A young college professor and his pregnant wife unwittingly release a malevolent entity with murderous intentions. And it sounds like they are the assholes in this film. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have release dates for any of those, but it's, it, these are movies that have come out in some form or other, but are possibly getting a wider release at some point in the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might be uh, to buy on iTunes or something. But yeah, man, I'm so excited for 2019. And just going through this list, I have ideas of different episodes we need to do. Like we need to do a, a M. Night Shyamalan movie. First off. Yep. Creepy dolls. Talk about whether he's good or not. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy dolls. We're going to go full Abed Um, on the the Head Night Shyamalan I know, right? (laughs) 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 I'm sure that the Jordan Peele movie will inspire some discussion. Yep. The Hellboy movie might have some good comic book tie-ins, maybe. Maybe we'll have a comic book episode around that one. There are a couple of Warrens-related things happening this Mm -hmm. year we might need to revisit that again james wan is a busy man yeah and several possession things going on it looks like yeah and a little splattering of sci-fi yep yep i think james wan did aquaman too right did Did he he? maybe i'm confused oh he's coming up in the google thing yeah dang damn gosh he's so busy he really is it's gonna be Mm -hmm. a busy year for horror it'll be a fun year it sounds like i know and this is just the movies too we have (laughs) that's as far as i got (laughs) we don't we didn't have time right now to go through other media i know we're already Mm -hmm. like pushing into two hours yeah (laughs) all right sarah you want to take us out here wait where'd you go now i can't hear you what happened 
I can't either. What happened? It's the very end. No. <laughs> well, in case she doesn't come back, thanks for joining us on <laughs> the Sirens of Scream. We, we always love talking about horror with you guys. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want to send our way, email us at sirens at sirensofscream.com. You can find us pretty much everywhere on the internet at Sirens of Scream. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that Melissa's social media handles are Alyssa Punch because she has no voice right now. And Sierra is having technical difficulties. She's at Sierra Halk on Twitter and Instagram. And I am Jackie the Robot on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for ringing in the new year with us. And we look forward to talking with you more in 2019. Have a lovely evening. Goodbye. <laughs>